Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Venture Church Podcast. Venture is a life-giving church located in Bluffton, South Carolina, led by Pastor Sean Olson. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Now, let's dive into the word with Pastor Sean and his message for this week. Welcome to Venture. My name's Sean Olson. I get the incredible privilege of being the pastor here. If you're a first or second time guest, I... I consider an honor that you're here. My whole team, uh, all of us, we've, we've been here since early this morning laughing and cutting up and setting up and, and the worship team practicing and playing all kinds of music. But at the end of the day, we've been preparing for you and we consider it an honor that you're here. So thank you. Thank you so much for choosing to be our guest this morning. Last week, come on, if you were here, Chris was so open. He already gone. Chris was so open, right? <laughs> He's so open, he's gone. Uh, I love Chris, right? I, if, you, if, you didn't, if you weren't here, catch it on the podcast. He was, I love his heart to lead worship. I love his gift, man. He can lead worship, but ultimately I love how authentic he is. You just sit down with, with Chris. He has no poker face, okay? He's just who he is. The boy is not going to out-bluff anybody, uh, but I love how authentic he was just on this stage and how how transparent he leads his team, how he leads this, this church in worship. I just got to say, I'm so stinking proud of him and Brittany uh, and the father and mother they're going to be with. Uh, this pastor in this church, we're praying over you, Chris and Brittany. We love you guys, right? Come on, Chris and Brittany. Now listen, we're going to do a two-week series, just two weeks called All In. All In. Now, you're already judging me, I can tell. Some of you be like, that's a card game. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, all in the term is, is in reference to a point in a card game. Card game. Card game, right? Uh, where where you, you, you're, you're at this place where you got to determine how much are you willing to risk. Are you willing to go, go all in? See, it's from a poker game, to be honest. Uh-oh. Pastor's talking about poker on the stage. What church did we come to? It's called Venture Church. We're real around here, okay? Uh, But here's what happens. There's this minimum bet to sit at the table that you can sit there and play. But then there's this moment that you have to choose, will I go go all in? Will I push it all to the center of the table? And, And I'm glad there's moments in faith where God looks back at us and says, all right, I see that you want to sit at the table. Now my question is, are you willing to go all in? Are you willing to believe I am who I say I am? Are you willing to believe that I can do the things I say I can do? When you say, won't he do it? All right, are you willing to believe it? Are you going to go? Are you going to go? Go all in on me. And I'm glad there's moments in life where we're put to the line and say, all right, I'm going to go all in with you, God. Because ultimately, if you think about it, it really comes back to this moment of risk and control. I mean, we like to be in control. Like, I like to be in control of the air conditioner. Come on, dads. Come on, somebody. I like to, won't he do it? Daddy controls the thermostat, y'all. All All of you need to know this. The the Daddy is in charge. Won't he control it? Won't he do it, right? I left the house for a few days. My, my mother-in-law was watching the kids, 
And I get home and I go upstairs. I'm like, wow, it's cold up here. Like at first you're like, won't he do it? I love AC. And then I looked at the thermostat and realized for three days, my kids decided they had control and it was set at 63 degrees. (laughs) Won't he pay the bill? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I paid the bill. I, I, I had a refrigerator upstairs for three days. And I look at my oldest. I'm like, bro. He goes, I just like to be snuggled up at night. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm glad you like to be snuggled up. But see, we, we, we fight for control. Like if Angela and I are going somewhere, there's no question who's driving. I know you have that in your marriage too. You have a designated driver, not because of those reasons, because of control reasons, all right? If you put me in the passenger seat with my wife driving, she's a fantastic operator of a vehicle, all right? And I am over here going like this, won't she do it, just drive. And listen, everybody breaks a little different. You got those sudden breakers and you got the gradual breakers that you start breaking three miles before the stoplight. Like, come on, man, you can't even see the stoplight. Why are you on the brake pedal? We got control things. We like to be in control, right? We, We like to be in charge, That's what it's about. And then God says, wait a second, we have two options here. You can play the minimum bet and sit at the table, but are you going to let me be in control and go all in? Are you going to go all in? This morning is special and exciting, and it's going to be faith and vision filled. And you see, when, when we started this church, I always prayed for people. I asked God, I said, God, I just, I just want to love people. I just want to care about people. And that's the very heartbeat. There was eight of us. I don't know if you've looked around much in this room, but there's a few more than eight people here this morning, just a couple, right? There was eight of us sitting at a dining room table that one of the chairs was broken, and if you leaned back too far, you were going to hit the flow. And it was kind of like, well, we're going to see who's going to make it. It was like, you don't get voted off the island, you hit the floor. Sorry, you didn't make it today, right? There we are, eight people sitting around this table. And I would say this every time we would meet, and I still mean it today. You're here this morning Congratulations, you've been adopted into the Venture family. Like, but I'm a first-timer. I don't know if I want to be family. Well, welcome to the weird family we are. We love each other, like a lot, all right? But here I was. Guys, guess what? Every meeting, I'll say this. We don't have to have a Sunday service to do what God's called us to do. The church happens outside the walls of the church, not on Sunday. Every meeting, that's what I would say. I would say if we wait until we have a spot, we're calling on the wrong thing. We need to be out loving people. We just need to be out caring for the city. So we go out. In fact, the first time we ever had more than eight people meet was because we had a hurricane. I don't know. Anybody from the north, we're all from the north. Let's call it like it is, right? Hey, welcome Ohioans, right? Pennsylvanians, I'm with you, right? Well, they, they lied to you. They said, oh, no, this is Beaufort County. We haven't had a hurricane here in 675 decades. <laughs> you sit on the throne of lies, realtors. <laughs> right? Like, all of a sudden, you're going, wait. And then we get in in June. August comes. Hurricane pre- preparedness. Well, I don't need to. I live in Beaufort County, and we haven't had a hurricane in six billion years or whatever it is, so I don't need to be prepared for the hurricane. September comes. We're going to have a hurricane. Well, all my neighbors, they have real jobs. I was a church planner. I have a real job. I had an idea called a church. They're all hiring people to put their, their shutters up. I had a ladder. <laughs> That's what I had. I, had a, I don't like ladders. Like, for real, I don't mind being up in the air, but don't put me on no ladder. That's like, 
that's tempting fate with me up there. I'm a little jittery. I should not be on ladders. So I had a ladder, and me and Dano, there we are, hanging shutters. Starts with us two and two houses. Then it was three and three houses. And all my neighbors, and somewhere around 9 o'clock at night, one of the one of the wives of the home said, hey, we know you're here to start a church. Would you mind praying over us? We've been in the community for six weeks. I said, I tell you, well, you put everybody in the cul-de-sac that wants me to pray over them. I'll come around, I'll pray over them when we're done with this house. I come around, and there was 35 to 40 people in our cul-de-sac waiting for me to pray for them. Won't he do it? You see, I didn't have a Sunday morning church. You know what we had? We had a heart for people. And I'm telling you, when, when we started Venture, my heart has always been, God, we will love the people. You will take care of the places because it's about people, not places. We're called to people. So I committed to God that. And, and, and let's jump in. I want to read a story this morning out of 2 Kings. My hope is to fire up your faith this morning. My hope is that, that when you leave here, you can go, man, I've been to church. Now I'm going all in with Jesus. In fact, when I preach this to our team this morning, I've already closed half of my rings in one church service. We're going to go ahead and take care of closing all three rings right here in this service. We're going to have church, all right? 2 Kings chapter 3, if you've got your Bible, I'm going to give you a little bit of, of backstory. There's a war going on between Israel and the Moabites. And three kings from the different tribes of, three different tribes of, of, of Israel come together and they say, hey, we're going to bind together and we're going to defeat these guys. And as they get together, they march in this valley for seven days, but there's no water. You see, sometimes when we think we're going towards victory, we wind up in the valley. Mm. Sometimes we think we have this God-sized dream. Won't he do it? We did that last couple weeks. Like, won't he do it? And we're like, won't he do it? But we're still stuck marching in a circle in the valley when we thought we were promised a victory. You, you set out hoping for victory, you find yourself in, in, in the valley. So there they are marching in the valley and there's no water. And then one king, much like maybe me or you, looks at the other guys and goes, what? Did God just bring us here to die? Come on, we've been there. Because we get frustrated in the valley. We get frustrated in the process. We get discouraged in the process before we see the provision. The last couple weeks, I'm going to be honest, I've been in the process I've been, I've been walking in circles in the process. And then I looked up this scripture. So 2 Kings 3, then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. You see, they'd kind of turned away from the God. They've turned away from the God of Israel, the God of J Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called. It's important to know who calls you. The Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, as sure as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you. My dude's so bold. I wouldn't look at you nor see you. But now bring me a musician. He said, I got to get my worship on. Come on, I love a good worship song. He said, bring me a musician. Bring me a Chris. Right? He said, bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him and he said, thus says the Lord, make. Notice there's a make in there. That means obedience is required. That means effort is required. Make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. 
yet the valley will be filled with water so that your cattle and your animals may drink. And I love this, y'all. This is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. Simple. This is a simple matter in sight of the Lord. And he doesn't even in there. He says, he will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. What you see as struggle, God sees as simple. That's not even in my message. That's just right now. What you see as struggle, God sees as simple. These guys are marching around. They've got no water. Water is important. My oldest son, he, he is so ADD. I mean, he's so hyper and he sweats a lot. My man, we've been putting deodorant on my oldest son since he was three years old. Like for real, he sweats so much. Like you will walk up and hug him. And I always give people a warning when they walk through the front door. It's like, hug at your own risk. He's wet. No, he did not just get out of the shower. He's just been playing inside, not outside. My man sweats, right? So the problem is he plays so much, he doesn't want to stop and drink. So lately, he's like, I've got a headache. You're dehydrated. You drink eight ounces of fluid and sweat out 13 gallons, man. You need to drink some water. Water is important. And here these guys are walking, and they have a struggle. They feel like they're going to be defeated because they don't have a source. See, your struggle is simple to God. The question is, who are you going to trust? Are you going to go all in trusting him, or are you going to maintain the struggle? See, there comes a point in time where the struggle has to be given over for it to become simple. It says, hey, this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. So here's some things I think we need to do. We need to go all into our call. See, it says, the Lord who called us. See, he who calls you will carry you. When God calls us, yes, all of us. You're in this room, yes, all of us. He called us to be a life-giving church in this community. It's him who will carry us. When he called us, you're not here by accident this morning. Maybe like your second time here, you're going, I just got to go check this place out one more time. Welcome back. We're glad you're here. You're not here by accident this morning. Maybe your first time. You're going, that dude wears skinny jeans. Welcome to venture. You're not here by accident. Like, he called us together to be a life-giving church, a life-giving family, as we would call it, to make a difference in the community. See, it's time that we say we're going to go all in or we can play it safe. We can, we can play it safe and say, well, we're, we're doing a little bit here and there. We're just going to play a little bit and see what God does. God says, I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to pour out my presence on the low country. I'm ready to reach hundreds of people. I'm ready to restore marriages and heal those who are brokenhearted and set addicts free. I'm ready to be a friend of the homeless. He says, I'm ready. Are you going to go all in? Are you going to go all in? You see, we have to go all in to our call. And each and every one of us are called. Second Peter says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us. Called us by His own glory and goodness. He has called us. You're created to make a difference. No one, no one that you know, no one in this room, listen, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. God placed you where you are to change where you are to make a difference for his kingdom. He placed you there on purpose. We're in this room on purpose. God has bound our hearts together to make a difference. But we got to go, we got to go all in as a family. You see, now I'm not talking about going all in for something else. I'm going all in for for all people. You see, for me, for this church, for this team, it's always been about 
about people. So when I say, hey, I'm going to go all in, I'm all in for all people. Where does all people come from? It comes back to our mission statement to connect all people. Why do I use the word all people? We actually fought for a while about the term used because we could use everybody or everyone, but I want all people because everybody and everyone sounds real generic, but all people is super inclusive. When I look at someone, when I walk down the street and we meet them in the eyes, I recognize the person sitting to your right, whether they're your spouse or not, the person sitting to your left, whether you know them or not, they are the best that God ever made. His Bible says they're his best. When you're driving down the road, the guy holding the sign, whether he's doing it out of integrity or not, is still God's best. Because their choices don't mandate his creation and his purpose. The person that's down on their luck that sleeps under the bridge on the other side of the county, they're still his best. The person who has fundamental beliefs different than me, still his best. So all people to me means all people. Like, that means you and me. You know why? Because I'm an all person. Like, I'm one of those guys. I'm all people. And God loved me. So I'm all in for, for all people. This is why as a church we're so passionate about growth track. Because we recognize that far too long what happens inside the walls of the church is what's become the, what the church is about. But I recognize for us to make the difference in this community we're supposed to, it has to be connecting you to your purpose so you can live outside the walls. The church exists outside the walls of Sundays. If all everyone knows about Venture, or any church for that matter, centers around Sundays between 9 and 11 or 6 and noon or whatever it is, we miss the point. We're supposed to be living in our purpose, going all in. All in on our purpose, all in on our call. So I've never heard it said like that. Now you have. We're all called to make a significant difference in whatever community. You say, I'm on vacation. Welcome to vacation. We live here. All right, so. <laughs> right? I, but I'll go all in, man. Wherever you live, whatever community you're part of, whatever demographic you are a part of, all in on your call and be committed. When your feet hit the floor tomorrow morning, God has put them there to make a difference. 91% of our community doesn't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. When my feet hit the floor tomorrow, I'm going to do something about it. There's homeless that need love, and there's, there's brokenhearted people that need restoration. There's marriages that need restored. And God's put you in the middle of it and said, hey, are you going to go all in with me, or are you going to play the minimum bet? We got we to gotta go all in on our call, and we got to go all in to dig. To dig. Probably my favorite moment in the scripture is God's promise to fill the trench that they dig. He tells them, he says, make this valley full of trenches. But he doesn't tell them how deep to dig, how many trenches to fill. He just promises that whatever they dig, he will fill. Whatever they dig, he will fill. To me, this is a how big is your faith moment. Notice they're in the valley. They're exhausted. I don't know about you, but digging seems like hard work. He says, I tell you what, you dig the trenches... I'll fill them. Let me tell you, never measure God's unlimited power by your limited expectations. Never measure God's unlimited power by your limited expectations. He calls them to dig. And I think sometimes we go to dig. All right, God, 
I'm going to dig. And we, we, we dig us a little valley, a little trench. And we look back at heaven like, like a three-year-old looking at daddy on the beach. I dug a hole. And you know what? God says, fine, I'll fill it. I'll fill it because I'm, I'm a man of my word. I'm a faithful God. That's who I am. So if you, if you dig the trench, I'll, I'll fill it. But he's going, you could have dug more trenches. You could have dug deeper. You could have gone for more. See, in the valley, we're frustrated because we, we're in the process and we haven't seen the provision. And what we want to do is we want to climb our way out of the valley when we're supposed to dig trenches in the valley that God will fill. He didn't call us to fill the trench. He called us to dig the trench. My question is, do we have faith of a toy shovel? That we're going, all right, God, you called me to dig, so, so here I am. I'm digging. Or are we willing to go to work? Are we willing to put a shovel in our hand? Somebody said, uh-oh. <laughs> Listen, you never know what's going to happen on this stage, okay? <laughs> Welcome to Venture Church. You never know what's going to happen on this stage. You see, you've got to put yourself in these guys' position. They've marched around for seven days. They're looking up at heaven going, God, you brought, uh-oh, you brought us here. I break it, I guess I have to buy it. You brought us here to kill us. We're frustrated. We're tired. We're exhausted. We've sweat out everything, and the one thing we don't have is water. And now you're telling us to dig. Here's the thing. Sometimes we take the minimum faith expectations that we dig enough to solve our need rather than digging deep ditches to make a difference. We dig just enough to get us out of the jam when God said, dig some trenches, I'm coming to move. Whatever trench you dig, I promise I'm going to fill. You, gotta, you can't miss this. The promise is attached to the process. He promised whatever trench you dig, I will fill. So you can dig a hundred trenches, you can dig them as deep as you want, you can't outdig my unlimited power. How often... Do we just dig ourselves out of the jam rather into his provision? And God's going, I promised I'd fill it. So we dig an inch deep and we get a little water to play in. And God's going, but I had so much more. I had so much more that I wanted to do. We aren't called to fill the trench. We're called to dig it, which means this. We aren't called to save people. We're called to make space for people. We're not called. I can't save anybody. But you know what we can do? We can make space for some people. In fact, what you don't know, you, you, you early comers that come early, you sit in the front half of the room. Don't worry, we love you. You late comers too. Y'all are good too. I, I stay out there. We give you the high five. What you don't know is for the last three weeks straight, we've had to set up some chairs in the back. We're just digging. We're digging. God fills the trench. We just dig the trenches. But this is the thing. I'm not satisfied digging a shallow trench. I expect and I want us to keep digging, to go all in, to dig, to work. It says, man, put yourself in this valley. These guys are warriors. 
They're tired. I can see them looking back at their commanding officer going, how much more do we got to dig? And he looks back and goes, how much more do you want God to fill? How much more do we got to go? How much more do you expect the Lord of hosts to fill up? I want to keep digging so this city keeps hearing. I want to keep digging so the people of our community keep hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. The size of the miracle was directly proportionate to the depth of the trench they dug. The size of the miracle. Let me tell you, you may find yourself in the valley. You walked in, congratulations, you walked into a great Sunday. Man, I've been there. And you get frustrated in the process. You showed up and you're like, God, I was here to defend your kingdom. I planted a church, and on my opening Sunday, God brought a hurricane. You don't know about frustration until that weekend. When you had spent thousands of dollars and literally felt like it was your life's work, and you're watching the weather report going, God, you control the weather right now. Peace be still. You're quoting them all. Storm, silence. He listens to speak. And in the process of frustration, we start doubting our faith. Put a shovel in your hand and start digging because that's where your expectation is found. And I'm telling you, I have a pastor on the stage who's expecting God to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ask, dream, or imagine because that's who he says he is. Let's dig a trench. Let's dig a trench. In your life, start digging. In this community, we need to dig some trenches because people need Jesus. People need hope. They need freedom. So I'm not satisfied with a shallow trench. I'm not satisfied with the trenches we've already dug. And 177 people have said yes to Jesus, but there's still thousands out there we need. We need to dig. But see, this is what happens. While we're called to dig, we start looking for God to do his job, right? It says there was no rain. There was no wind, right? So we hear that God's going to fill the trench. What do we do? We start looking for the water source, right? Did you feel any wind? No, it feels stale and humid. That's what it feels. It's South Carolina, bro. You're looking up at the sky. You better put some sunglasses on. It's bright. You see any clouds? Nope. And instead of, instead of digging the trench in expectation, we're looking at the God in frustration. He just said to dig. He didn't say look for it. And then it says this, suddenly. At the fulfillment when he brings the water, he says suddenly there was water. Suddenly there was water. There's a time for digging, then there's a time that God fills. I got to tell you some stories of venture. Every time we've, we've just stepped out in faith and dug some trenches, God's filled it. Told you the story of our launch. Eight people moved into Bluffton from different parts of the country. Chris and Brittany from Florida. Jonathan and Kristen from North Carolina. Angela and I and the Dodos from Pennsylvania. That was the beginning of this room. We prayed. We planned. We prayed a little more. We prayed a lot more. We kept praying. <laughs> Sometimes we show up to plan. I was like, guys, we should probably pray because we can't plan anymore. 
Our team grew a little bit, 30, 35 people, 40 people. And we showed up on September 23rd, which was supposed to be the 16th, to open the doors of this church. And on September 23rd, 395 people walked through this church for the first time on our first day. God is faithful. We dug the trench. He filled it. Then I said, I said, hey, maybe we should do a Christmas Eve service. Let's go for it. So we do our first Christmas Eve service, and 293 people show up for our first Christmas Eve service. And then we say, let's go all in on Easter because it's a big day, and Jesus stepped out of the grave, and I feel like we should celebrate. And 510 people showed up for our first Easter. Come on, somebody, you're in the house that's special. And it's not because the guy on the stage, all we did as a team is we were willing to dig the trenches and God did the filling. We showed up, I can remember, building crates. You know what we were doing? We were, we were digging trenches. There's a reason a team shows up in this building at 6.30 every Sunday morning. You know what they're doing? They're just digging because they believe God's going to fill it. And every Sunday we're putting out more and more chairs because God's showing up faithful. Suddenly it happens. Well, I got to tell you some stuff this morning, family. I got to tell you, I'm still digging and God's still faithful. Three weeks ago, I received a call from the school district. They said, hey, we decided we're going to paint Pritchardville Elementary. So that's good. Your school's kind of dirty. <laughs> I didn't say that. Don't judge me. <laughs> it's fun to have fun, y'all. It's good to laugh. It is dirty, though, all right? <laughs> Somebody's over here, you can't say that. But I did. I get a call. They say, we're going to paint Pritchardville Elementary over the summer. No big deal. That was their leadoff line. No when someone says no big deal, genuinely, it means it's a big deal. Right? That's like when you say, oh, it wasn't that bad. You just were trying to find the nice way to say it was really bad. How was the food at the restaurant? Well, it wasn't that bad. It just means I really didn't like it at all. Right? Or someone's like, how do I look? Interesting. That's not a good reply, all right? <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Uh, you'll just smell some paint in June, and you can't be in the building at all in July. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I said, too. You and me said the same thing. I said, um, I said, with all due respect. Now, keep in mind, I said, with all due respect, which means I can say whatever I want after that. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Let's have church. Let's be the church. I said, well, bless your heart, what I'm about to say to you. I said, with all due respect, I have a contract. There, I promise you, their words were exactly, well, when we wrote that contract, we didn't know we was going to paint the school. Well, well, God bless your soul. I knew, apparently he knew, right? Like, that's for real what I said. I said, well, that's not going to work for me. This is a big deal. You've seen all of a sudden, I find myself like the kings in those valleys. God, did you just bring us here to Bluffton to take our spot away? God, we got a good thing going. We're supposed to be going for victory, and now we've got no spot. We got no water. He said, put a shovel in your hand. I'm not done filling. Put a shovel in your hand. I'm not done filling. 
See, what we want to do is we want to cry out in frustration and we need to work through the process. He said, I'm not done filling. You see, what we thought would be a setback, I believe God is setting us up. See, we're looking at the setback and God's saying, I've got significance. I'm not through with you. You see, when I started, it's like God's calling me on my prayers. He does that, you know. Be careful what you pray. When I started, I told you, we prayed for people. I'm floored every morning when I walk in every Sunday. I stand outside and I greet and I high five and I hug the kids. And the last thing I do before I come in here is I run through our kids program and I give every kid a high five and I look in their eyes because your kids are so special. 80% of people who find Jesus do so before the age of 18 and 80% of those do so before 12. It's important for your kids to be in church. In fact, let me tell you something as the pastor of this church and as a daddy, it's more important for your kids to be in church than on a ball field. And I don't mean that to be aggressive. I mean that to be truthful. They may never play a professional sport, but they can know Jesus, and one's going to take them a whole lot further than the other. So every Sunday, every Sunday, I run through and I high-five the kids, and some Sundays I give them candy to get them all jacked up on sugar for you. You're welcome. But you see, then I walk in, and I stand right back there, And I worship and I watch you guys and I'm floored at what God's done. And he keeps telling me, if you keep digging the trenches, I'll keep filling them. And my faith is full this morning. My faith is full and we're going to keep digging trenches. And you say, what does that mean for a building? I told God I would love the people he'd want about the places. It's his. So where are we going to meet in a couple weeks? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're family, right? We're like family. We are family. So I'm going to be as real as I can be on this stage. Boy, I've, I've, I've fought through this. You ask our lead team. I have a lead team. 14 people sit around a table with me. I've prayed. I've planned. I've problem solved. I'm just going to do what we do well. Dig trenches in faith and love people and expect God to do the rest. Sometimes we try to do his job for him. Guess what? You do a lousy job of being God. So start digging and let him be God. So you know what I need you? You know what I need you to do? Don't problem solve. I've done that. I've done it. Petition heaven for God to give us increased favor in the city and for more people to hear his gospel, his good news, for the lost to be saved, for the brokenhearted to be healed, for marriages to be restored, for addicts to be set free. You worry about people, let him worry about the place. Dig some trenches. Put a shovel in your hand today. What about July 7th when we won't be here? You have my word. God will make the way. And when he does it his way, we will be overwhelmed and floored at how faithful he is and how good he is. So I'm being authentic this morning saying, you know what? I don't have the answer right now. But I believe as we as a church petition heaven, the gates of hell cannot stand against us. The gates of hell cannot. Satan doesn't want us in this city because he's afraid. Game on. My God is bigger. I serve a mighty God who can make this go away in an instance. And we will stand here next Sunday on this very stage. And we will look at how he has filled the trenches in which we have dug. 
So you know what I need from you? I need you to pray and get ready to dig some trenches. Because I'm telling you what God is doing here at Venture Church, and you're saying, man, it's my first Sunday. You came on a doozy. You came on a doozy. If you can't tell, this old preacher's fired up. You say you should be panicked. You don't have a place in two weeks. Two weeks from this Sunday, we're going to be somewhere else. I promise you that. You should be panicked. I've been there. My wife actually looked at me. I'll be fully authentic to you this morning. My wife looked at me this week. She goes, I don't know that I really like the stressed out version of Sean. (laughs) There's a shovel in my hand and expectation in my heart because the God I serve is so faithful to do exceedingly abundantly more, more than I can ask, than I can dream, than I can imagine. So what seems significant to me in the struggle in my valley, it's a simple matter to Him. I'm asking my family now to come alongside, join my faith, and let's petition heaven. So at the end of the day, my question is, will you go all in? Will you go all in? so we can make a significant difference in the city. This morning, there's probably 230 people here. It's a guess, I'll get the number in about five minutes. Do you know know what heaven can do with 230 willing people and how it can change a city and how the orphanage rate can go down? There's, There's kids right now, they got no place to go. That it can change the homeless situation in Jasper County. That it can change the drug problem that's quickly coming in to our community. That it can change the lostness and the brokenness and the marriage and divorce rate and kids committing suicide. Do you know what can change that? A family, not a church. A family. That's what we are. We are like family. We are family. Saying we will go all in for all people. But it starts with an individual decision to go all in for Jesus. See, maybe you did walk in this room and you're like, man, this guy's fired up. Let me tell you my story. I grew up in church. I've been around church my whole life. I've seen religion break people. You see, what happens in religion is I play the game so I can somehow advance. It's religion, not faith. And there comes a moment where I look across the line and I realize there's a real God that desperately really loves me. And all he asks is exactly what he did is go all in. Go all in. So do me a favor and just bow your heads and close your eyes at the end of this service. And let me ask you a question. Maybe you've held back. You've held back on God. Resistant to go all in. You've played the religion game. You've played the minimum so you might be at the table to see what he would do. Today, he says, that's not enough. I want you to go all in because I went all in for you. When I hung on the cross, I gave my all so you could find freedom. I want to know, will you go all in? Will you give me your all? Today, if you don't have that relationship with God, I'm not saying you've been to church. I'm not asking if you've got a religion. I want to know, do you have an all-in relationship with God that you've given Him everything and you know you have a real relationship with a real God? If you don't, I promise I will not embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. So if you do me a favor in this moment, just me and you, say, hey, I want to go all in with Jesus. 
I want to know that I can have that kind of a life, that I can make that kind of a difference. I need to go all in. Just quick, raise your hand and look at me. I'm just going to pray with you. Thank you, thank you. Anybody, anybody, just let me pray with you. Thank you. Come on, somebody. Come on. I want to go all in. I want to make a difference, man. I want to go all in with Jesus. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to play religion. I'm not going to play the minimum bet. I'm going to give him everything because I want my life to make a difference. And I want to know that I have that relationship. Anybody else, I just want to pray with you. Right here in this moment. I'm going to ask all my friends, let's just pray this together. Everybody pray it out loud. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for going all in for me. Today, I go all in for you. Today, I commit to you. I accept you. I accept your love. And I will follow you. In your incredible name. Amen and amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Not yet, not yet, not yet. All right. We're going to close this thing down in worship. I want you to pray. Maybe you're in a valley and you're, you're, you're stuck in the valley. You thought you'd be in victory. You need, you need to pray. I like to close our services in worship. I want to give you just a couple of things that are real important about this. One, I mean it. I want you to spend the next days on your knees praying to God. Multiple nights this last week as I've been trying to problem solve, God wakes me up in the middle of the night. I mean, I had the worst Charlie horse in my hamstring I've ever had. I had to like rehab it for days. It hurt so bad. And I'm trying to roll over in bed. God's like, just get out of bed and pray. I'm like, I'll just pray right here. You ever compromise with God? He's telling me, get out of bed. And I'm like, but Pastor Pillow is calling my name. I'm just going to lay here and pray. Get out of bed. So I get out of bed. Luckily, Angela works nights, so I don't disturb her. I get on your knees. Do you know how bad my hamstring works right now, God? Get on your knees and pray. I'm telling you, for the next seven days, I want you to petition heaven. You've never prayed like this before. It's time to pray and believe God. Then I want you to come back next Sunday. Next Sunday will be the Sunday of venture not to miss because we're going to celebrate whatever God does. Whatever he does. And then we're, we're going to celebrate him and we're going to see what he's doing and we're going to take part. And as a family, we're going to just cheer and celebrate and then we're going to eat together because it's our next family barbecue. So then we're going to throw the grill out back. We're, that's what family does. We celebrate the good things, then we eat. Come on, somebody. Yes. So stand to your feet this morning. If you find yourself in a struggle, there's some friends off to the side. They'd love to pray with you. You march around and you're frustrated in this season. You're in the valley, not in the victory. So I'll tell you, God is so faithful. God is so faithful. Be willing to dig some trenches and I promise He'll fill it. God, in this moment, build our faith. Build our faith. Let us increase the faith you have given us. And we expect you this time next week to come through and be so faithful like we know you will be. In your incredible name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed today's message, take a second and share it with your friends. Here at Venture, we believe in the power of being connected with a local church body. So whether that's with us at Venture or another local church near you, we encourage you to get plugged in. We hope you have an amazing week. And thanks again for listening to the Venture Church Podcast.